This is a South Pacific EO production. Welcome to episode 54 of the EO Business Podcast for APAC. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Jim Segalis from EO Perth. Hi, Jim. Good morning. How are you? Very good, very good. Now, you run the biggest or the largest independently owned um, realist, commercial real estate in WA. How did that all come about? Oh, look, um, I started my real estate career uh, in a company called, well, which is now called CBRE, which was then Richard Ellis, an international commercial property firm um, over 25 years ago. Um, I started there in the retail department. I, um, I worked my way through to uh, director of APAC um, and then jumped out and joined a company called Finigrip, which later sold to Mervac. I was the general manager of investments and got approached by Deutsche Bank, uh, who had a, a regional shopping centre they're looking to develop. And they, they'd said, look, if you, if, you, if you start your own business or if you, if you can do something, we just can't find the talent to do the job. And that was the start of lease equity. I, I put a business plan together, um, decanted what I was doing at Mervac. Um, we just sold our business to the, that business to Mervac. Uh, the MD at that time, or CEO, graciously allowed me to to go. I'd said to him, uh, "I will stay if you'd like me to," because I appreciate we've just sold the business. But he gave me his blessing, and he said, "Look, why don't you take all of my commercial real estate interests to look after them?" Um, and he was essentially our second client. Fantastic. So, we yeah. so you're in the industry, saw an opportunity and went for it. How long ago was that? Uh, lease equity turns uh, 19 this year. So 19 years ago, um, you know, it was a glint in the eye, one project. Um, it was a $120-odd million shopping centre redevelopment and um, we've done between two and four major projects a year ever since. So your business is building shopping centres or managing them? Or is that the shopping um, centre part so, is just one part now, I'd imagine? But um, So our business has a number of pillars. The, 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 the thing that we're probably best known for is putting together um, uh, plans or viability feasibilities and then delivering the leasing, in particular development leasing, and also managing the asset through from a piece of dirt right through to development and sale or you know, the actual built form. It, it is predominantly retail, but it's retail, industrial and commercial office. And so is the, the money from the business made from like managing the rent roll or is it from sales or is it a mixture of everything? Um, look, the, the, the main, look, the business started um, uh, as being very leasing focused. So leasing shopping centres, uh, essentially project leasing and the really big money was made in doing projects. Um, it, it very early I, I realised that that relying on that um, that hired gun sort of income was great, but I had a had a very early goal of of going from something like eighty five percent leasing transactional um, to I wanted it to be fifty fifty at the minimum. Uh, today the business sits at fifty four percent property management uh, or asset management, which is our recurring income, and the balance sits between leasing, consultancy and sales. So you were saying um, before you jumped on the call that you had close to 50 staff. 
is that reflective in the where the revenue comes from as well? Like how those 50 people, what do they do? Uh, well, s- slowly but surely the business has gotten um, wider, so to speak. So we started in a pretty ge- generic leasing and management. We now have um, uh, most of our people are in the property management, asset management area. We have facilities management. So those two parts sit very closely with each other and and, and that would be 80% of our staff. The, the balance of the 20% would be um, 15% um, would be leasing and sales and the other 5% would be uh, administrative accounting because we've got quite a big back-end accounting. Um, so it, it's interesting that the, that the business is, is really, as it's evolved, become an asset management model where the, the leasing or transactional side of the business, which is how a lot of people see real estate, um, you know, the management giving enough money to support the big leasing licks. Ours is more an integrated business where we actually add or retain value. That's the way we like to talk about it. Uh, in a declining market, we, we, we put strategies into place to, to retain value. Uh, where we can, we look to add value. So that's a very cohesive and symbiotic relationship between those two sides of the business. And so with this whole, with everything that's happened in 2020, has it been, I know a lot of real estate agents have been chasing their tails doing, you know, either trying to get tenants to pay their rents or, um, you know, doing reduction deals. Has it been a big impact in WA or have you been relatively um, shielded given your location? Um, look, glo- everyone's affected globally because we mainly face the retail market. Uh, th- th- there's a... What I would say is we moved very quickly. So I do a lot of business out of Southeast Asia. We represent uh, the four biggest funds out of Singapore in their domestic WA investments, and they've got about $8 billion worth of investment in Perth. So I could see Singapore and the reaction they'd taken. So we very quickly and decisively acted as a business. So primarily as a business, before I talk about the client side, we, we moved quickly. So we battened down the hatches. We took a view. Um, we we got rents in early. We started doing deals with certain tenants early. So come the eye of the storm, which which was starting to swirl early Mar- uh, so late March, we'd collected all of April and most of June. So we're uh, sorry, most of May. So we're ahead of the game. More broadly, though, Perth's been as affected as anywhere, and with our business moving to more of a corporate platform. We've found that the bigger the tenant, that is, if they're international or national, the harder they're affected and the more likely they are not to meet their rental commitments. So it's a very bizarre situation that any investment strategy um, from a tenant's perspective of diversity around the world and expansion, similarly, um, property people diversifying their investments, you're not immune. You're probably more susceptible to what had happened. Well, they've had uh, Solomon Liu in the papers of late saying just refusing to pay rents um, and sort of saying, well, what are you going to do about it? Any Anything like that oh, w- with the bigger players? So, so on mass. So, you know, we're in negotiations with Meyer, David Jones, Liu Group, Cotton On Group, um, you name it. There isn't a major tenant by size that by degrees is not either not paying or looking to wholesale renegotiate their lease. Hmm. Never in the history uh, of the of the modern e- economic times, let alone shopping centres as they've evolved, 
has there ever been so many things happen at once? And and if you think about it, the platform that's been laid in the Australian context has been you can't sue a tenant uh, in this period. You can't lock a tenant out for non-payment of rent. So for a tenant not to pay, they're protected, which gives them enormous leverage, particularly where a landlord needs to get the rent to meet commitments. Um, so, so that's created quite a bit of leverage in the favour of the tenant. Fortunately, we've crafted a very detailed strategy on how to deal with all different layers of tenants. So we've got a, a, a complicated but not so complicated metrics of how to deal with it and how to deal with certain groups and who deals with them. So it, it's it's really been interesting. There's been a lot of um, thought put into, well, if, if we've got a particular tenant group that we know is particularly difficult to deal with, do we deal with them or do we wait for the, the market to clear a little bit? And then they're not talking about the current problem. They're talking about a past problem. So that's one less thing to deal with. And we're getting ever so closer to that October milestone where the government will ease the legal protection of tenants potentially taking advantage of a situation. Mm. So what, what are your thoughts on the real estate market? Like there's so many differing views. Like obviously WA, you've enjoyed a really great time over the last 20 years, I would imagine, with the, you know, the mining boom um, going pretty strong. And um, so what's your view on the market? Is it a good time to continue to invest? Um, look, the interesting thing is uh, during the boom, Western Australia led it, there's no doubt. We had growth, which was literally double digit per year. Um, it was very kind to everyone, including myself. Um, that said, post-GFC, um, um, Western Australia was most adversely affected and we only just started to crawl our way out of it. We've got a commercial office CBD vacancy of some 20%. We've probably got a real vacancy in shopping centres pre-COVID of 8 to 10% in the sub-regional and probably 5 to 12% in regional. So we're already starting to see some cracks Um I think with COVID, there's going to be some significant shift. Um, this is going to take five to 10 years minimum to clean out. Um, that said, I always say it's down to the microeconomics of the location. Western Australia is a wonderful place to invest because of the resource base. That said, there are good and bad locations in Western Australia like everywhere else and good and bad deals. We haven't seen during the whole period of the boom that the eastern states has recently seen any significant uh, mainland china investment we see southeast asia in particular singapore investment so i think we might start to see a lot more of that which will because of the you know the, all the reasons that people are a bit worried about perth its remoteness has now made it ideal and yeah. from an investment perspective Absolutely. it's probably seen as 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 less boom bust um, yeah, look, I, I think it's it's cautiously optimistic going forward, and it'll depend on the asset class and and the microeconomics of the location. And so, I'm curious about how um, you know, for a company your size, you've been able to take on all of these major, like you've been. It seems it appears that you've been able to, to carve a real niche against all these global real estate agents. What what's the what is your angle? Is it is it agility or is it knowing the right people or how, how do you compete with those big guys? 
Okay, so I'd break it down into, first of all, if you look at the commercial real estate industry, micro-set retail, most, and what happened in the last 20 to 25 years, the biggest and the best vertically owned um, uh, real estate companies in retail have come out of Australia, Westfield, Lendlease, AMP. So they all went vertical. Some were pure play retail like Westfield, others like Lend Lease were diversified, but and then you've obviously got vicinity, which has morphed a few times. What does that mean? From an agency perspective, agencies haven't been able to retain the biggest and best talent because the likes of the vertically owned groups have have really they can pay double and triple. Um, you know, interestingly, people leasing major shopping centres or, or heading up the teams would qualify for EO on their salary. Um, so those groups really pay. So part of it is you lose a lot of great talent into the property trusts. Part of it also is the expertise. It's a seven-year apprenticeship, even post doing a property or accounting or finance degree. It's at least seven years to get a toolkit to be able to deal at a relatively high level. And then finally, understanding the, the language of retail um, back into the high net worth investor who typically is investing in a shopping centre or commercial real estate as an investment, not as an area they've got expertise in. So being able to work with those people. So those various or, or, or multi areas all have conspired and I think we've done reasonably well in all. We've, we've, we've retained and recruited great people. We've got an average tenure in our business of 12 years. I'm very proud of that. Um, average age approaching 52. Um, we're getting a bit aged, but that means we've got really tenured, well-experienced people. Um, and we also have got great relationships with the, the big end of town. So that's that means we get re, we, we get a lot of work by referral. We've never run an ad. That's awesome. Yeah, Pl- plenty yeah. of deal flow. Yeah, it's, it's deal flow, and 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 it's. And it's look at my level. I I've also taken the view EO can be very, very um, focused on listening to great entrepreneurs. Be be it um, you know you know any any of the guys that you know whether it's Virgin or, or Apple, or, and and there's this almost um, singular view that it, you need to work on it, not in it. Well, what I've done, it's a consultancy business, so. I've still maintained personally a very active role in doing the business. That's kept me very attuned to the market. Um, and on that basis, I'm prolific as a deal doer, but but I'm also in a position with my clients um, where I can I can procure business and deal with them knowing what's going on on the ground. That That's a delicate balance and it's not an easy one. Um, Having said that, I've managed to walk the tightrope. There has been, um, you know, a lot of times where I've been really stressed out because I've been in it too much, but it's been a point of difference. And I have never uh, been seduced by the idea of taking a chairman role. I've always wanted to be in the bullpen, so to speak. Well, it it sounds like you enjoy what you do. So that's uh, also a pretty key, important part. How- I'd say love it. It'd be a yeah, better definition. Love it. All right. <laughs> awesome. How long have you been um, in EO Perth for? Uh, look, I, I was in it uh, for 
six years and then I had a hiatus for a couple more and I've been back for another seven. So I've been actually probably be closer to 15 years. So it, it was interesting when I first went in, I, I'm still very dear friends with my original forum. Um, we still catch up regularly. Um, I thought I was cooked at a point. Um, I thought, you know, there's just so much going on, young family, etc. So I thought I was done. I thought YPO might be the thing for me. I realised I just needed a break. Then there was a little bit of a void and um, I reached back out to the EO guys and I've got to say, wow, the group has just evolved so much and for the better. Um, super impressed. I'm, I'm very forum-centric now as opposed to a lot of learning events, et cetera, but I... I've really enjoyed my time back in and just listening to everyone's journey and um, the, the the camaraderie in the group. It's been great. How many members does Perth have, roughly? I'd say I'd say Perth would be bordering on 70, 70, 80. Oh, so it's okay. quite healthy. Yeah, and so you probably know most of the guys and girls that are members, just about. Or there's Indeed, always new I ones. Guess. Yeah, look, there's a lot of new ones. Um I certainly know the tenured members. Yeah, look, look we've been fortunate as well. Uh, our forum of eight is quite active, so we've always had a board member on in our forum. That's made us quite connected to the rest of the chapter. Mm. So tell me about your lifestyle, like outside of work. Um, what do you like? Like how do you balance, you know, stuff outside of work with, with your, your business? So as I was saying um, earlier, Brendan, um, before we got on air, um, apart from uh, lease equity, quite involved in a number of other things. So I, for many years, had a sports management business where managed AFL players, boxers in America and the like. Uh, quite deliberately pulled that business back to virtually nothing. But what it did was I've just got a huge amount of relationships around the country and the globe in the sports area. So I spend quite a bit of time um connecting uh, with athletes that, that I used to represent and, interestingly, with some their, their children now that are now professional athletes. So spend a bit of time doing that. We've also um, invested quite substantially in real estate ourselves. So um, that takes a bit of my time. Do you get your uh, own, Do you get the, the team at Lease Equity to manage that for you? Yeah, I've got my own manager of our assets. Yep. Um, um, so my wife predominantly looks after the family office stuff, um, but we're also spending a bit of time in and around that. We've got three children, uh, twins, 23, and a youngest daughter, 18. Um, uh, spend a bit of time with them where I can, like um, the younger, younger daughter's just going into a property development degree. One of the twins did a commerce degree and is now looking, doing a master's in property. And interestingly, the, the the third daughter just graduated as a lawyer and looks like working in property law. Oh so, wow! You've had an influence, uh, so Jim. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, so so I guess outside of it, I'm, I try and spend as much time as I can um, in and around that. We've also got some restaurant interests that we've um, we 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 own um, uh, a chain of restaurants here in Perth um, that that I take a bit of time and I speak to our business partners in those. Um, and outside of that. Um, I, I do quite a bit of travelling, as I mentioned earlier. I do a lot of work in Singapore. Pre-COVID, I was up there eight or nine times a year. Um, It'd be a fairly and, short, and short, short flight from Perth, isn't it? Yeah, five hours. 
so, so what I typically do is, is I'll do the rounds with the fund managers, et cetera, and my wife will fly up and we'll have an extra long weekend. Outside of that, we, 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 we've, we've agreed we, we'll be doing at least uh, a month in Europe or, or Israel or, or somewhere like that, a mid-year, and we always take a, a month-long family holiday into America or, or Europe. So I'm pretty active. I, I, I can do three weeks at a time away and then I'm back into it. So it sounds like as long as you've got an internet connection and a phone, Jim, you can be anywhere in the world managing your, your interests. Indeed. Look, I, I, we've got some really good senior people. What, what I also find, Brendan, is when I travel, I get real clarity. I, I, and I'm not sure what it is, but I can be sitting in a Starbucks in Singapore or I could be in Milan or wherever it is, and I can have absolute clarity about a problem and how I'm going to solve it. Yeah. And more... I'm, so I actually find when I travel, first of all, I, I get away from the internet and the phone for a period, but then I also get that clarity around I don't have the white noise, so I actually enjoy it. Mm. Um, interestingly, I get the hiatus, but I also get the time, the quality time just to give one or two solid hours thought. And my wife is my life partner and business partner more generally, Um and and we wax lyrical a lot when we're away, and we 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 typically um, have have really good long conversations about where we see the next steps, which I I, I think is really good. But you're right, I can deal with it while I'm away, and I'm the sort of person that can make twenty phone cold calls out of a hotel room in mm. Budapest into Perth, and no one even knows it's five o'clock in the morning wherever I am. And so, what do you see the future as from here? You. You're loving what you do. It sounds like you've got a great balance with family and, and travel. Um, what's the future for lease equity? Have you got plans well, in that regard or you just – I know lease equity is just one of them, but we'll look at that as sort of the main thing. Yeah, look, from, from lease equity, my, my next job is is to transition um, and what, I'm, what my forum's helping me with and what I'm trying to do is transition the next – uh, the next leaders of the business. Um, they definitely um, won't be doing it my way. Um, I'm a little bit old school in some of the things I do, um, but part of the next five years for me is transitioning others into roles that can run the business without me, and and that's going to include the whole gamut of, you know, do I let let others into equity, given I'm the sole equity holder, and. Um, what other business units do we get into? But we're definitely doing a step change as we speak in technology. We're changing five different key platforms in our industry. Uh, property tech is one of the biggest growth areas in our industry. Um, you know, we've got to spend circa 750000 on that platform wow. um, or platforms. Um, we're very serious about where we want to be. Um, do, does that platform, though, allow you to, say, reduce staff numbers? Because you know, Indeed. because soft so software is going to do the job for them. Look, Brendan, there's some amazing things from things like scanning an invoice and it being able to electronically or by AI determine the apportionment by tenant. So, yeah, we've already done on one of the programs that we're looking to bring into place. We think it'll it'll it, it'll reduce our man hours by about forty eight thousand a year. More importantly for us, though, than the level of redundancy it creates, it creates a higher uh, level of um, analysis and therefore enables people not to be writing as many reports as analysing and adding value, 
which is really where we want to be. Um, it is a step change. Um, and for us to remain relevant, one of the hardest things for, for us and a lot of other EOAs, what happens with the major internationals if you're competing with them? It actually, because they've got so much resource globally, they can, in our world, tech us out. So basically say to a client, you really need this and here's what we'll give to you and we'll give it to you for $10,000. And it might cost me 50000 to do it because I'm one office. Immediately, I've got a $40,000 disadvantage. It's in their interest to keep upping that minimum standard of delivery because it means companies like mine that are more nimble can get played out. So spending that sort of money is really important. And with the federal government's accelerated depreciation and whatever, there's a lot of other things one can do right now mm. to make us ready and do it now. So, um, look, I'm up for that. That's what we want to do. I want to be in the game uh, long term and um, I want our team to keep improving. So th th that's what we're going to do in the next five years. That's great, Jim. Well, look, it's been fascinating to hear about everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for sharing. And if people want to reach out and say g'day, how's the best way to uh, find out a little bit about more about you and, and Lease Equity? Um, look, by any look, www.leaseequity.com.au. If they Google me, my mobile number, it's pretty easy. We've got a whole lot of stuff. All of our guys, including me, have got double, triple numbers. 767. <laughs> I, I noticed um, that. I was pretty impressed by that, uh, the mobile, when I called it. Yeah, a whole team's got double, triple. So there's a whole <laughs> lot of – there's a whole other session I could give you on the, the lease equity-isms that we've done just to make it um, – Easier to do business. Know, that, that bit, yeah. yeah, indeed. So there's a lot – really easy to get hold of. The other thing I'd say, Brendan, my philosophy on life is – I'm not expecting anything back from anyone that reaches out to me. So if someone's got a problem in commercial real estate or whatever it might be, I don't start from – and we, this is how we run our business. We don't start from what can we charge you, what's your problem, how can we help you. If there's nothing in it directly for us, well, that's great. We've made the world better. In the longer run, our reputation grows because of that. So I'm always happy to help. Oh, that's brilliant. Thanks very much, Jim. My pleasure. You've been listening to a South Pacific EO production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.